Welcome to Guided Way Ministries with Pastor Alan Rogers. In a fast-growing cold world, this message offers you the bread of life and an opportunity to drink from the fountain of living water. In this message, you will hear only the truth, and if you do not want to listen to it, turn it off. If you are hungry for revelation in the Word of God, if you hunger and thirst after righteousness, if you are looking to be spiritually uplifted, be willing to listen, and listen with all your attention. For what you will hear in this message is not carnal, but spiritual. We hope you are blessed, edified, and fully rejuvenated in your spirit to continue with everyday life. Well, peace be unto you all. I thank God for blessing us to see another year. I thank God for last night. I thank God for all the things that he has done for us. We have another chance, another year to serve the Lord. Another year to right what we messed up. The same mistakes we did last year, we don't have to make them again. We have a new, new year. It reminds me of the children of Israel when they came out of the land of Egypt and Jesus told them, this is the beginning of your years. It didn't matter what time of day or month it was. When they came out, it was a brand new year for them. And God has delivered each and every one of us from something. And we have another year to give God thanks for. Today we're going to talk about a vision. The Bible says that without a vision, the people perish. But there's a lot more to a vision than just something that you can see or foresee or some idea that you have. There's a lot more to a vision. And we're going to be talking about that today. We're going to be reading out of Proverbs 29:18. I'll be reading that one. Then we're going to go to Proverbs 8, 32 through 35, Romans 7, 1 through 6, Isaiah 59, 2, Romans 8, 35 through 39, and Hebrews 11, 32 through 40. Let us pray. Let us rise. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for another day. Thank you, my God, for gathering us together one more time. Thank you, my Father, for these moments that we get a chance to praise you, a chance to worship you, a chance to eat from the tree of life. Thank you for splitting that veil in twain and giving us the opportunity to go behind the veil, the holies of holies, to come before you, my God. And Lord, I thank you when I praise you, my God. Lord, let this seed fall upon good ground and let us bring forth a hundredfold. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may be seated. In Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18, it says, Where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law happy is he. The word vision means something that is seen. It's a dream, a revelation. When you read the Bible and God begins to talk to you and explain to you what it is, or even when you read the Bible and he shows you something in your life and the Word of God begins to speak to you, that is a revelation. If you read the Bible and God doesn't speak to you, you're not getting a revelation and you still will perish because the flesh cannot understand the Bible. The Bible was written for the Spirit only. So if you read it in the flesh, you're not going to understand. 
understand it. It doesn't make any sense. The Bible said that the light and darkness comprehends not. You cannot get the Spirit of God and let darkness understand it. You cannot get the Spirit of God and be and fully understand it in the flesh. But if you read the Spirit of God, the Word of God, and you let the Holy Ghost tell you what it means, and you let the Holy Ghost begin to speak to you and give you that revelation, then you will be saved. But without a revelation, you will perish. It's just like reading a book that makes no sense to you. But when you let the Holy Ghost begin to talk to you and give you that revelation, then you can be edified. Then you can start bringing forth fruit. But until that day, it's just reading and you're not getting nothing. So every time you're going to read the Bible, you need to pray, Lord, let me understand. Because the Bible says in another place, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. You can get this Bible, you can read it, you can change translations because you don't understand it. But except God gives you wisdom, you will never understand. I don't care how many translations you go to. If God doesn't explain it to you, you're not going to understand it. But if God opens your eyes, then you can see Hagar. She had a son, and, and they kicked her out of the house. And they said, the, your son will not grow up with our son. And they kicked her out, and she was in the wilderness, and she was, or in the desert, and she was walking, and the water that she had was finished. And she began to be in thirst and in hunger and her son as well. And he began to get faint and so bad until she said, I don't want to see the death of my child. So she put him by a bush and she went away and she fell down and she began to cry. But the angel of the Lord talked to her. And then guess what the Bible says? The Bible says he opened up her eyes and she saw a well of water. That well of water was already there. She just could not see it. The word of God is alive and it is truth. We just cannot see what God is saying unless he opens our eyes. The Bible says that the Bible was not written for some secret interpretation. It's not. It's just that we don't have God open our eyes. So this year when we read the Bible, pray that God will open our eyes so that we can see what's already there. The things that God has already prepared for all of us, that we can see the path that he has put before us to walk in it. That we will understand the calling that he has given to us in our lives. We need to pray that he will give us a revelation. You know, when you have a, a when you're going to build a home or a building or a business or anything you're going to do, Nobody that I know of just goes and starts a business because you can't. You have to have a vision. You have to know somewhat of what you're going to do. You're not going to go and open up a, up a Burger King with some lawnmowers and some weed eaters. It's not going to happen. You're not going to start a construction business with a good st cooking stove. It's not going to happen. You have to have some kind of insight of what you're going to do. It's the same thing when you're going to live a godly life. You have to understand that the things that you used to do in the world are not going to work when you're living a life with Christ. 
the same thing that you did in the flesh is not going to work when you're living for Christ. You have to change. The Bible says that all things become new. You have to have a vision. You have to have some kind of insight of where you want to be with Christ. If you just get baptized and you just want to live for God, but you have no idea what you're going to do or how you're going to do it, and you're just going in circles after a while, you're going to end up back in the slum. You're going to end up back in the world. You're going to end up backsliding because you don't have a vision. You don't have your mind set on things above. You have to have a purpose. You have to have some kind of goal in your life. You cannot run around without any kind of frame or structure or something. Try to build a house without putting up a frame. Good luck. Because drywall is not going to hold by itself. You have to have a frame. You have to have structure in your life. The Bible says without a vision, the people perish. The Bible says that some points in the children of Israel's life, every man did what was right in his own eyes. Nobody had leadership. Nobody had nothing. They just all did whatever they thought was right, and they all went down. Thousands died. God was not happy with what they were doing. He didn't even like their sacrifices anymore. He was upset with when they would sacrifice. He wouldn't even honor them anymore because they did not have a purpose. They did not have a vision anymore. They lost what God was trying to get them to do. This year, we need a vision, we need goals, we need to set something to keep us focused, no matter how hard it gets to stay on track with God. We cannot lose our focus. We're going to Proverbs 8, 32 through 35. Now therefore hearken unto me, O ye children, for blessed are they that keep my ways. Hear instruction, and be wise, and refuse it not. Blessed the man that heareth me, watching daily at my gates, waiting at the posts of my doors. For whoso findeth me findeth life, and shall obtain favor of the Lord. And what it's talking about finding is finding wisdom, is finding understanding. When we have a vision and we have a purpose and we pray for the wisdom of God, then we will live a happy life. Though we may go through something, we will go through it with the joy of the Lord, for the joy of the Lord is our strength. We won't go through it not knowing what's going on. We will go through it knowing what's going on. That the trial of our faith is more precious than gold. That though we are tempted, yet we will come out as pure gold. Though we are tried, we will not be destroyed. We will go in the fire knowing that there is an expected end at the other side. Knowing that all things work together for them that love God. If we have a purpose. If we have our mind where it's supposed to be. We're going to Romans 7, 1 through 6. Know ye not, brethren, for I speak to them that know the law. How that the law hath domain over a man as long as he liveth. For the woman which hath a husband is bound by the law to her husband. So long as he liveth. Be if the husband be dead, she is loosed from the law of her husband. So then if while her husband liveth, she be married to another man, she shall be called an adulteress. But if her husband be dead, she is free from that law, so that she is no more adulteress. Though she be married to another man, wherefore, my brethren, ye also are become dead to the law. By the body of Christ, that ye should be married to another, 
even to him who was raised from the dead, that we should bring forth fruit unto God. For when we were in the flesh, the motions of sins, which were by the law, did work in our members, to bring forth fruit unto the death, unto death. But now we are delivered from the law, that being dead wherein we were held, that we should serve in newness of spirit and not in the fullness of the letter. You know, back in the day, the Bible said when a man or a woman had a, a child that was a drunkard or a gluttonous, that they would take that child out and they would stone their own child to death because he was a drunkard, that would have been me. And they would stone him to death. There were so many laws. The Bible talks about so many laws that the children of Israel did. If you picked up sticks on the Sabbath day, you were stoned to death. If you did this, you would die. If you did that, you got killed. If you, There were so many reasons why people would die. But God sent his son and Jesus came and he took all of that and he nailed it to the cross. See, the Bible says when you're married to one, you can't be married to another. And the Bible says you cannot serve God and, and mammon at the same time. You cannot have be partaker of the Lord's table and the partaker of the devil's table. And when Adam ate of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, he sold us all under sin. We were all partakers of the devil's table. But when Jesus came, he took all of that sin upon himself and nailed it to the cross. He killed it so that we would not be an adulteress, although now we can be married unto Jesus Christ. Now we can have eternal life. Now all of that sin and all of that death and everything is nailed to the cross. We don't have to worry about that no more. Now we just have to keep our minds on Jesus Christ. We have to let the mind that is in Christ also be in us. We have to have that same vision that Jesus did that helped him endure the cross. Because he was looking for that joy. That everyone would have a right to the tree of life if he endured to the end. We need to know that if we endure to the end, we will have eternal life. We cannot give up. We have to have a goal this year. We have to have a vision this year. Without a vision, the people perish. The word vision also means a compact agreement. A compact agreement is the same kind of agreement that a husband, that a man and a woman make when they get married. Till death do us part. When you have a vision, you have to have that same compact agreement with Jesus Christ. I don't care if it's hard. I don't care if it's easy. I will stay with you. We have to have that same compact agreement. See, some people teach that once you're saved, you're always saved and you will never fall from grace and, and you can't be lost. Well, that's all not true. And I'll tell you the reason it's not true. Let's go to Isaiah 59 two. But your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you, that he will not hear. I don't care how good you are at one point in time. If you begin to neglect God and you begin to sin against God, he doesn't leave you. He made a promise. I will never leave you nor forsake you. But your sin is what separates you from God. Your sin is what puts a cloud between you and God that your prayers cannot go through. 
So we need to keep in mind if we know to do good and do it or not, to him it is sin. If we know something's wrong, don't do it. If you think it may or may not be, it's better not to and find out you could have than to do it and find out you shouldn't have. Because when you stand before God and he says you shouldn't have, there's no such thing as repenting. But when you stand before God and he says you could have done that, but it's okay that you did it's better to go to heaven too clean than to go to hell a little bit dirty. It's better to be safe than sorry is what, is what the popular saying is. It's better safe than sorry. And because this is an eternity, this is not just some little small sentence, okay, where you're going to go to hell for 100 years and then you get to get out. That, that's not. It's an eternity. Once you're there, it's there forever and never changes. So it's better safe than sorry. It's better to make sure that you got in than to say, I hope I get in. You know, because it's an eternity. We have to have a vision. We have to have a compact agreement with Jesus Christ. We have to make sure. There's a one we're going to go to. It's Romans 8, 35 through 39. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long, we are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. I've heard this, this uh, passage preached a lot of times that nothing will separate us from the love of God. But that's, this is what we are supposed to be telling God. This isn't what God is telling us because he already made us a promise. I will never leave you nor forsake you. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He is all power. There is no dominion or power that is stronger than him. He said, I will never leave you. But he said, your sins have separated you from me. So we are supposed to be saying this to God, that nothing will separate me from you. I don't care what I go through in this life, nothing will separate me from you. When a man and a woman stand before the, the minister and they are going to get married, they ask them some questions. I don't know all of them. I never married nobody. But what I've heard is they ask, uh, do you take this wife or this man to be your lawfully wedded husband or wife through sick and in health, rich and poor, good times and bad times, and they make this agreement that yes, I do. Well, in the same thing with Jesus, we have to make that same compact agreement that, Lord, I don't care. The Lord is blessed and the Lord is taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Though you slay me, yet will I trust you. I don't care if I have food, I'm going to trust you. If I'm hungry, I'm going to trust you. If I have clothes on my back, I'm going to trust you. If I don't, I'm going to trust you. I don't care if the devil himself meets me face to face I will trust the Lord if I'm rich I'm gonna hold on if I'm poor I'm gonna hold on if I have friends I'm gonna hold on if everybody leaves me I will trust in the Lord that's the same kind of agreement we have to have with Jesus because he's not going nowhere 
We know he's not going to leave us. We know he's not going to forsake us. But what will it take for us to turn our back on him? And that's when Paul said, I am persuaded. They told Paul, you know, if you go, you're going to go to prison. And Paul said, why do you break my heart? I'm not ready to go to prison. I'm ready to die for the Lord Jesus Christ. He wasn't ready just to get bound. He was ready to die for the Lord Jesus Christ. He had that agreement that he was not going to break it. We need that same agreement. You know, it was so sad when this COVID thing hit. So many churches closed everywhere, shut down. It wasn't because of that they were fighting the government so bad that the government forced them to close. That's not what happened. What happened is the government said you can get sick and they got scared and they shut the doors. We're supposed to say, Lord, I'm going to serve you whether I die or live. If I get sick or not, I will trust in you. And some of those churches have not opened to this day. The masks are gone and all of that, and they're not even pushing the vaccination anymore like they were, and the churches still don't open because they're that scared. God did not give us the spirit of fear, but of love and of a sound mind. We don't have the spirit of fear. He said, don't be afraid of sudden fears. Though 10,000 fall on this side and a lot on that side, it's not going to come nigh you. Trust in the Lord. And then what did the three Hebrew boys say? My God is able to deliver us, but if not, we still won't bow down. It doesn't matter if you save us or not. We know you're real. We believe you, and we're going to go for it anyway. Because whatever you let happen to us is for our own good. If you trust and believe in the Lord like that, you will have a good agreement with him. You will not let nothing separate you. You won't let death, nor life, nor principalities, nor angels, nor powers, nor present things, nor things to come, nor height, nor death, nor creatures shall be able to separate you from the love of God. He will be able to pour out his spirit upon you when he knows that you're not going to be moved. See, God doesn't pour out his spirit upon us like he used to because he knows what will separate us. See, when the devil went to, when the sons of God went to present themselves before the Lord, the devil went also. And God introduced his servant Job and told him, have you considered my servant Job? A perfect and an upright man, one that fears God and eschews evil. And the devil said, man, that's because you gave him everything. Take away all that he has and he will curse you to your face. And God said, go ahead, just don't touch him. And the devil did back to back. Money, house, children, army, everything he had, took it. And Job didn't move. He did not miss a beat. He did not charge God foolishly. He said, the Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. He had that agreement with God. He was married unto his God and was not going to let nothing separate him. When the devil says, okay, well, all that he has, all that a man has will he give for his skin. Touch his flesh and his bone and he will curse you to your face. And God said, go ahead. He's in your hand, but spare his life. And he went and he gave him sore boils from the crown of his head to the soles of his feet and Job still didn't charge God foolishly he still held on his wife even told him you still hold your integrity just curse God and die and he said you talk like a foolish woman don't we receive good from the hand of God shall not we also receive evil he still 
didn't lose it because his agreement with God was so strong that he didn't care what he went through. Nothing was going to separate him from the love of God. When we can make that agreement with God and the more God knows, the less and less and less will be able to separate them. That's the more God will begin to pour out his spirit upon us. Because he's not going to pour out his spirit upon us knowing that any little thing can separate them from me. I'm going to fill them with the Holy Ghost. I'm going to give them these gifts. They're going to start using them and the devil's going to do this and they're going to turn right away from me. Because the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. So he's going to wait until you have a good foundation. When you are rooted and grounded in God, he will begin to pour out his spirit more and more and more because he knows nothing will separate them from me. They're not going to leave me. The devil can fight all he wants and they will stand strong. They will stand firm. Daniel, when he knew that the decree was signed, that they would get thrown in the lion's den if they prayed to any other God, save the king. And his windows being open, he still prayed three times a day. Nothing was going to stop him. And he knew what was going to happen. When we know what's going to happen and we're that steadfast in God, that's when he can use us. When he told Peter what kind of death he was going to die, and Peter still went for it. That's because they had that agreement. We're not going nowhere. In Hebrews 11, 32 through 40. Now what shall I say more? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and of Barak and of Samson and of Jephthah of David also and Samuel and of the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead raised to life again, and others were tortured, not accepting deliverance that they might obtain a better resurrection. And others had trial of cruel mockings and scourgings, yea, moreover of bonds and of imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn asunder, were tempted, were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and in mountains, and in dens and caves of the earth. And these all, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise. God having provided some better thing for us, that they without us should not be made perfect. Anybody that is not willing to have that good agreement with Jesus Christ is not going to be made perfect. They're not going to make it in. You have to have that agreement. They went through so much. And the Bible said they refused to be set free from it. They refused it. They didn't want to be delivered. They refused deliverance, which means they had an opportunity not to go through some of that stuff. They had an opportunity. You cannot refuse something you don't have. But if it's offered to you, then you can refuse it. And God offered them deliverance and they refused it because they wanted a better resurrection. They didn't want to give up. They wanted a fight till the end. If we have that same agreement to fight until the end, we will have a prosperous life in Christ. Nothing will separate us from the love of God.
we need that same agreement that they had to endure to the end and it is all done through faith because without faith it is impossible to please God anything that's done without faith it is sin we need to believe we need to have faith in God we need to hold on to our integrity and trust and believe that God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. The word vision also means to gaze. The word gaze means to have a numerous applications on something. When you try something once and then you quit, that's not called gazing. But when you gaze, means you try and you try and you try. You pick up the Bible and you don't understand and you go and you go and you read and you read and you pray and you pray. That is when you're gazing upon the word of God. That is a numerous amounts of applications when you hear a little, there a little. You get some now and you get some later, but you non-stop. You give yourself to reading. You pray without ceasing. That is what it means to have a vision. And without a vision, the people perish. If we do not continually, earnestly strive or contend for the faith that was once delivered unto the saints, we cannot be prosperous. This year, let us do more than we did last year. Let us fight harder this year than we did last year. Let us gaze upon the word of God more than we did last year. And watch what God will do for you. He has delivered a lot of us from a lot of things, but watch what he wants to do. He never has a limit. God don't have a limit to what he'll do for you. He don't have a limit of how high you can get. He don't have a limit of how far you can get. You limit yourself. So the more we want, he said, the more I'll give. He said, I'll give to every man liberally and will abrade not. And abrade means I won't hold back. You want wisdom, I'll give it to you. You want to know me, I will let you. As much as you want, I will give you. I'm not going to hold back from you. The only ones that stop us is ourselves. Read your Bible, meditate, pray always, and hold on. Don't let nothing separate you from the love of God. Don't fear anything. Don't fear man. Don't fear the devil himself. And we know it's possible because the devil talked to Jesus face to face and took him upon an exceeding high mountain and took him upon a pentacle and told him command these stones to be made bread or cast thyself down or just worship me we don't have to fear the devil he may look ugly he may transform himself to be really ugly looking very scary give us a nice ugly dark shadow out of nowhere we don't have to fear that because he's only trying to act like he's big bad and tough but he can only do what God lets him do. I love that story about Job because he couldn't do anything until God gave him permission. And then he had boundaries. So don't fear the devil. No matter what you're going through, know that God is allowing it for a reason. It's not because the devil can just destroy you because he wants to. He can't. He can only do what God allows him to do. And if God allowed him to do it for your own good, it's for our own strength. Let us hold on to our integrity. Let us fight the good fight of faith. Let us run this race with patience, looking to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. And may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. We're going to open the altar. If anyone wants prayer, just come up. I want both of you to come up here. You know the Bible says what? 
God has joined together, let no man pull asunder. And the devil has been attacking everything that God has designed. He's especially in these last days, he has really tried to separate what God has put together. No matter if it's a husband and a wife or going to church or whatever it is that God likes, the devil tries to separate it. Because marriage in the sight of God is honorable. He honors the marriage. And I just, it was just on my heart to tell you, you are his helper and you are the head of his house. Whatever you said even goes to as far as you have so much authority that God has given you over this household until if Alice makes a vow and you don't think the vow is good, you can disannul it and God will forgive her for making that vow of how much God listens to you and, and calls you the man of this house. And Alice, you are his helpmate to lift him up and to strengthen him and to tell him if you think he's going off according to the scriptures. You guys are one in the sight of God and they too shall become one flesh. You guys are helpers both of each other. For you to love her, to take care of her, and treat her as a weaker vessel and for you to reverence and honor your husband. And this is an honor in the sight of God and then your children will be saved as well when you guys are. We're going to pray for the marriages and then we're going to pray for everything else because this year we want these marriages to really be strong and that God will not allow the devil to break them asunder. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for another day. Thank you, my God, for all the things that you have done. Thank you, my God, for this new year, oh Lord God. And my Father, you said what God has joined together that no man put asunder. My Father, when the devil went to present himself before you, he told you you have put a hedge around Job that I cannot get to him. And my Father, I ask that in the name of Jesus, you would look over Alice in the name of Jesus and over Harvey, and that you would put a hedge around their marriage that the devil cannot get into their life, my God. That though they struggle and have ups and downs, yet they will remain faithful and strong for one another and for the children. My Father, bless this marriage, O oh Lord God. Let it not be put asunder no matter what happens. In Jesus' wonderful, mighty name, give them the strength that they need, my God. Lord, be with these marriages, my God. Remember Brandon, O oh Lord God, and his wife, my God. Lord, don't let nothing in this world put them apart, my God. But put a hedge about their marriage, O oh Lord God, that the devil cannot get in there and drive them asunder, my God. Bless them to be united until death do they part, my God. In Jesus' wonderful, mighty name, my God, remember every marriage, O oh Lord God, that you have ordained, that you have put together, my God, and strengthen them, and bless them, my God, and don't let them be put asunder, in Jesus' wonderful, mighty name. My God, remember all the children, oh Lord God, in the mighty name of Jesus, and oh Lord God, remember Eric, my God, my father, as he is, has a uh, calling, oh Lord God, 
Lord, and his boss wants him to go on a trip, oh Lord God, and it will cause him to miss a service, oh Lord God. My Father, if it is your will, then let it be and protect him over the highways. Give him a safe trip there. Protect him while he's there and bring him back. But, oh Lord, we ask in the name of Jesus that if it is not your will, that you will block it in every way. And, Lord, according to our hearts, we don't want it to be your will that he goes. But nevertheless, not our will, but your will be done. You are the only one that can stop it. You're the only one that can put a stop to anything that you want to stop, my God. Lord, let your will be done in this situation. In Jesus' wonderful, mighty name, my God, remember Adam, oh Lord God. Lord, as he goes in to get this removed from his neck, my God. Lord, bless him and be with him and watch him in the name of Jesus. Lord, let your will be done in this situation. Give him the strength that he needs, oh Lord God. And bring him back safely, my God. Lord, increase his faith and help him, my God, in anything that he does. And bless him, my Father, to always remember that whatever he does needs to be for your honor and for your glory. For he is your child in the mighty name of Jesus. Give him wisdom. Give him insight. Let him see, my God, where you want him to go. Let him see what you want him to do. In Jesus' wonderful, mighty name. Lord God, remember, Laura, in the name of Jesus. My God, I thank you and I praise you, my God. God. My father, remember her, oh Lord God. Lord, when you want her to say yes, then let her say yes. But Lord, it goes way beyond just in her little heart, my God. But on the outward appearance too, my God. When she speaks to somebody, let her speak with boldness in the name of Jesus. Don't let her doubt when she knows the truth. Don't let her doubt not even a little bit, but give her faith in the name of Jesus. Let her be bold in the name of Jesus. Do not doubt in any kind of way. Lord, but what you tell her, let her believe with all of her heart in Jesus' wonderful mighty name. My Father, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, my Father, remember my Father in Jesus' holy name, oh God, remember this young lady, my God, in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, give her the desires of her heart in Jesus' wonderful name. Lord, you know what her heart is crying out for. You know her better than she knows herself, my God. My Father, remember Darnell, oh Lord God, in Jesus' wonderful mighty name. Lord, begin to mend the broken heart. Begin to give her trust. Begin to give her faith. My God, in the way that she needs it, oh Lord God. Lord, continue to talk, continue to move, continue to work in her life, my God. Lord God, take away every negative thing, everything that's not like you, and give her what she lacks in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, let your will be done in Jesus' wonderful mighty name. My Father, bless each and every one of us, O oh Lord God. Remember Isaac, my Father, in the name of Jesus. Strengthen him wherever he is. Give him peace, 
of mind. Give him the strength that he needs. Use him wherever he is, my God. Let his light shine. Let him increase in physical strength. Let him increase in spiritual strength. Let him increase in favor in the sight of God and man. In the mighty name of Jesus. My Father, be with him and protect him. Remember Omar. Remember Uriah. My Father, you know what they need. You know what they want. You know what they're going through. But Lord, we are your sheep in the name of Jesus. We are your children in the name of Jesus. And you know just how to lead us and guide us. You know, my God. I thank you, my God. Lord, my Father, remember Julius, oh Lord God. Lord, you said with your stripes we are healed. My Father, I'm asking that you would touch his body, oh Lord, and take away the diabetes, my God, all the way in the name of Jesus, through the power of the precious Holy Ghost. My Father, heal him from the crown of his head to the soles of his feet. In Jesus' wonderful mighty name. Lord, I thank you for your many promises. I thank you for every promise you made us. I thank you because they have never failed. I thank you, my Father. And Lord, this year, Lord, I commit myself unto you, oh God. This year, my God, I will make that agreement with you, my God, that nothing will separate me from the love of God. Not riches, not death, not poorness, not hunger, not food, not riches, not principalities, no powers, no anything will separate me from your love, my God. Lord, I commend my spirit unto you, O Lord God. Unto thy hands I commend my spirit, O God, that you would quicken me the same way you quickened your son, that we will be one in the name of Jesus. My Father, I thank you and I praise you, O Lord God. Let us have a vision this year, my God, that we will not perish for you are not willing that any should perish. My God, give us a vision. Show us what our calling is. Show us where you want us to walk. Show us what you want us to do. You said, ask and it shall be given. And we are asking that you would reveal yourself unto us, my God, in the mighty name of Jesus, that you would tell us what to do, that you will lead us and guide us in the paths of righteousness for your name's sake, my God. My Father, if there's anything that you want to take away, Take it away from me, oh God. If there's anything you want to strip away, strip it from me, my God, that I will be a clean vessel unto you, my God, that we will be fit for the master's use, that in due time you will pour out your spirit upon each and every one of us. For you said, 
No man will put new wine into an old bottle, else the bottles will burst and both will spill. My God, but you will put new wine into new bottles and both will be preserved. My God, make us new that you will be able to pour out your spirit upon each and every one of us, my God. That we will be preserved and our lives will be hid with Christ in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, this year let us walk by faith in the name of Jesus and not by sight. Lord, you said whatsoever is not a faith is sin. Let us believe. Let us have faith in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you and I praise you. Lord, we believe. Help thou our unbelief, my God. In the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you and I praise you, my God. You have done for me more than I can ever say. And I thank you and I praise you. Thank you for honoring what we have done. For it was not our goodness, but for thy great name's sake. Thank you for honoring this sacrifice. Thank you for honoring the, us eating the bread of life and drinking of your blood, my God. Thank you for honoring us for washing the feet in Jesus' wonderful, mighty name. Lord, let from this moment on, every step that we take, let it be ordered by you, my God. And Lord, if we veer to the right or if we veer to the left, correct us, my God. Lord, if I go astray, execute judgment upon me speedily that I will return and walk upright before you. I always ask for a blessing, but I'm also asking for correction in the name of Jesus that I will not go astray, my God. Lord, the rod is in your hand. Use it, my God, that I will not go astray, that I will stay walking upright before you in Jesus' wonderful, mighty name. Lord, let me be a blessing to you. Let us all be a blessing to you this year, my God. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen and amen.
the word of God that you have heard and received with an open heart. To live it out actively with all of your being will yield you a bountiful return. Thank you for listening to this message as I hope it has been a blessing to you. Our goal is to show you the path of life and an opportunity of a lifetime. It is Christ's love and support that makes this opportunity possible. Please visit Guided Way Ministries online for more products, partnership, or to join. Visit us on Anchor to become a listener supporter. May God bless you. May He keep you. May He shine His face always upon you. And may He forever keep you.